And I'm really grateful actually that we have uh, with us this morning uh, someone who's been a great blessing to Vintage this uh, season and um, we, we love having Dan and Sam with us. Dan's been a pastor in Pasadena for a good number of years but he is also someone who has a huge heart for the least, the lost and the lonely. Uh, he runs a coffee shop here in Pasadena which happens to be very good. There are other good coffee shops but you could go to Rose uh, Bird Coffee if you needed a coffee. Um, and uh, we're so grateful to have him, and he is going to come and bring the next part of the Advent season, the gift of joy to us. So shall we uh, welcome Dan Davidson to be with us this morning. Thank you, Ben. Um, when you asked us if we have gotten a tree, yes, we were the first family to raise our hand, because right after Thanksgiving, we're coming back from visiting family down south in Escondido, and we stop at Home Depot to get our tree right after Thanksgiving. So it's up, we're ready. And at the Davidson household, we love Advent calendars. Love Advent calendars. We've got the ones with the lights and the wreaths. We all each have our own chocolate Advent calendar from Trader Joe's. But my favorite, of course, is the annual Star Wars Lego Advent Calendar. <laughs> Who doesn't love waking up every morning and building a mini Lego set? Yes. And this year, I'm so excited. I think it's the last window. I don't know, but along the way, we're going to get a baby Yoda in a Christmas sweater. How about you? Do you all love Legos too? I mean, do you all have Advent calendars to help you count down the days until Christmas. As Pastor Ben had shared this um, last Sunday and this morning, we are in the season of Advent, and today is the second Sunday of Advent. And that means we as a church, we are waiting, waiting with anticipation to celebrate the birth of Christ Right? Advent. That's our time of the year to practice waiting. Waiting for what brings us joy, like Christmas morning. But I think this season also helps us learn how to wait. How to wait for the plans that God has for us, the plans that are coming that he has in store, teaching us how to wait as we might commonly, commonly say, Wait for a blessing from the Lord. Am I the only one here as well? Maybe we need another show of hands. But is there anyone else here waiting for God to act, to move, to respond? Anyone else here waiting for a blessing from God? So as always, I'm honored, Pastor Ben, to have me here to share some good news from the Word of God. And so I wanted to start this morning with the good news. Here it is. If you are waiting for a blessing from the Lord, the good news is God will respond and the Lord will bless you because that's what God does. God acts, God responds, God moves. He bestows blessings upon his people. And we know that's true 
Because that's what we celebrate every Christmas season with the Christmas story. But as we're about to hear today, um, it's also true as we learn from the story of Mary. You see, in this story, the angels visit Mary to foretell of the birth of Jesus, which we know initiates, right? That's God's response, initiates the redemption of creation. And Mary is invited to join in this story of redemption. So I'm going to ask my wife here in just a minute to read the passage from Luke chapter 1. So if you have a Bible or you have your favorite Bible app, we'll be reading from chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. But first, I've got a couple of questions to put in front of us. And the first question as we think about this passage is, how do you know that what you are waiting for is a blessing from God? And second, the other question maybe you can think about as you listen. What happens if you receive a blessing that you weren't waiting for? An unexpected one. So with these two questions in mind, let's hear a reading from the first chapter of Luke. And as my wife Samantha comes up, let me offer a word of prayer. Lord, we pray now that your spirit would rest on us here, that you would open our hearts to hear from you. Lord, we pray that your word would be clear as we listen uh, to a reading from Luke. Thank you for the season that we're in. And may our hearts just be in anticipation, waiting for the blessing you have for us. In your name, amen. The reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The word of the Lord. So at first, when Pastor Ben had asked me to share on this passage for the second Sunday of Advent, my initial thought was, 
what do I have to say about the Blessed Virgin Mary? How am I to share her story well? And then the second thought I had was, man, I guess I can relate because I remember there was this time when we received some unexpected news. And you should ask my wife about this after for her side of the story. But uh, we had just decided we weren't going to have any more kids. Two was enough. We had a boy and a girl. We were really happy. We made this final decision. And then the next week, (laughs) we got some unexpected news. She was pregnant with our third child. And looking back, man, that was not the blessing we were expecting. But it is the blessing we receive every day with great joy. Love you, Ames. (laughs) So thankfully, though, as we look at the story of Mary um, and Luke's telling of this story, he's actually clear to present Mary as a model of faith for all people to emulate, not just women. So all of us can look at this story and learn what it looks like to be a faithful disciple. You see, Luke doesn't elevate her as a goddess or as a mother or even as a woman. That's not what he points to in this passage. Instead, the picture of her character that he paints, it's a picture of a model Christian. As we'll see and as we heard in her last response, I, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Her response is the same response any one of us is expected and encouraged to make when the Lord blesses us. Now, no doubt, right, Mary is favored by the Lord, and as other translations say, blessed are you among women. And so as we examine this passage more closely, we do so to better understand this favor, this blessing that Mary receives, and the response to the news that the angel has delivered, right, that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, who is Jesus. In her unexpected blessing, we're reminded that God does act and move. And in her response, as I've said, we learn to respond with trust and obedience. We learn the ideal disciple's response. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I like the way that New Testament scholar Mark Allen Powell puts it. He says this, Luke wants to make sure we know why she is favored and blessed. Notably, she is not blessed because she's going to be the physical mother of Jesus, but because she believed God's word. So whatever blessing accrues to Mary is one we can all share if we emulate her. We cannot all be the physical parents of Jesus, obviously, (laughs) but we can believe God's word will be fulfilled. So what does Luke tell us about this blessing that she's favored to receive? And so here I want to unpack um, three, three thoughts, three truths about blessings. I want to talk about blessing today. How do we know, as we go back to that question I raised before we heard the passage read, how do we know that what we are waiting for is a blessing from God? 
Or another question maybe more simply is, what is a blessing? We hear that all the time, but I don't know if we sit down to think, what is a blessing? So here are three thoughts, three truths, I think, that I want to share about blessings. And the first is this, from this passage. A blessing flows out of your own history. Right? The blessing you receive, it might be for this moment, or it may be for like a future or a word God's given you for what's coming. But this blessing, it's rooted in your own story. Right? That's what happened for Mary. The blessing to receive the news that she's giving birth to Jesus, it's rooted in her own narrative. Right? Before this passage happens, uh, we hear of the story of Mary's relative, Elizabeth who also is given this, unex- well, hers wasn't unexpected because she was praying for it, but a blessing that she's going to have a son in her old age, a son named John who will prepare the way for the Lord. And her request, Elizabeth, was also for this miraculous pregnancy, indicating that for God, nothing is impossible. But you see, Mary's blessing is tied to her narrative, her story. It's rooted in her own story. And further, as we understand that blessing of who Jesus is, right, that ties to the story of the people of Israel. Right? Further, tell, uh, Luke tells us that Mary is a virgin engaged to Joseph of the house of David. That's not insignificant. The blessing of bearing Jesus under this household of, of, J- of Joseph, it's what? Continuing the story of King David, but now with this transformation of an earthly kingdom to a heavenly one. So blessings from the Lord, they continue the work God is doing in our own lives from the past to the present. Blessings, they touch our own stories as our lives are unfolding. I know that's true for me. You see, I'm still waiting for a blessing. That's why I was raising my hand earlier. It's been over a year for me since stepping down from pastoring a church here that I planted. And in this time of transition, I've had the opportunity from a very supportive wife to be able to explore all sorts of areas of ministry and try out different projects and But along the way, I've been waiting. I'm still waiting for God's call to ministry to be really like rooted and manifested again. I I have a vision and a hope for a church restart in LA, but I'm still waiting for my conference to open a door there. I've developed some funding strategies for my nonprofit Coffee with a Cause, but I'm waiting on some grant applications for that one. And I'm seeking just some other opportunities, but I'm waiting for clarity. Clarity on what to do next. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I do know this. The Lord will make a way. A door will open, and it will be a blessing from him for me, because that blessing is going to be rooted in my own story. In this way, I think we also understand there's a second truth about blessings, And I want to put this in front of us. Blessings unite our own story with the presence of God. Right? When the angel appears to Mary in this story, he tells her what not to be afraid. Why? Because the Lord is with you. 
Blessings are the way in which God makes himself known and present to you. The Gospel of Matthew, right, in its, uh, his version of the story of Mary, tells us that the name of Jesus fulfills this prophetic word. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And what greater hope and joy do we have than to be met with the living presence of God, the Father, to be filled with the love of Jesus, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? So as we wait for what we long for, we don't wait alone, right? We wait with the presence of Jesus in us, around us. We wait with others. And in this time as we're waiting, often we might be like Mary, perplexed, confused. What am I waiting for? I don't understand. Just as Mary was asking, Well, we wait in that confusion with the promise that the Lord is with us, that God will be with us. And the more time that we're spending in God's presence, the more clarity and the revealing of his truth we receive. And in this way, we begin to grow as disciples in our time of waiting. So this season of Advent, it's really important for us as Christians. It's really important. It's an impactful season for the church because we get to reflect and pause that Emmanuel, God, the living presence of God, is with us. He has been born into this world for the redemption of all people. So we got to take time in the midst of all the things that are happening this season, all the activities and events, right, to just pause and let that truth touch us deeply. So the next time your favorite Christmas carol comes on your music app and you're singing along just pause let the words ring true do you ever think about how the christmas carols are like the gospel message in a song and we're all singing it anyone and everyone i i think that's but as that happens like a song like joy to the world listen to those lyrics i'm not going to sing it for you because that would be very embarrassing for myself and all of us. But I can remind us of lyrics from a simple carol like Joy to the World. Joy to the World! The Lord is come. That's what we are seeing. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. What, what a joy. I don't know, maybe I'm just sentimental during Christmas. <laughs> For me, personally, that was the time of the season of the year that I first experienced the overwhelming presence of God in my life. I remember as an eight-year-old, family gathered on Christmas Eve, as we always did, to read the narrative story from the Gospel of Luke and um, you know, just to share that time, but... I remember as my dad was reading that night, oh, I, just, I just started weeping. I just started crying. And I didn't know what was going on. But I just felt in that moment this, this, this peace. 
this just like overwhelming sense of God's presence. I just knew at that moment, I think, in the depth of my being, that God had been born into this world to redeem us, to bring me into his presence. I had no doubt that night that God is with me. Well, I think there's one more truth about blessings that our passage teaches us. You see, the angel declares that her son will be great and would be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Right? In this, the angel is declaring that redemptive story that Jesus comes to embody. He has entered our world to bring forth his eternal kingdom. He has made himself present to us so that we may be redeemed and presented fully to God. He came to redeem our story into his, or to bind our heart to his. I came across this Christmas meditation this week from one of my favorite authors, George MacDonald, and he described redemption this way. He who by a mother's love made the wandering world his own, every year comes from above, comes the parted to atone binding earth to the Father's throne. Nay, thou comest every day. No, thou never did depart. Never hour hast been away. Always, always with us, Lord, thou art. Binding, binding heart to heart. And here is that final truth of God's blessings. Blessings not only touch your life, But as we just heard, it's a story of redemption. Blessings, right? The presence of God in your life redeems your life. That's the work God is doing. The redemption of Israel, right? That causes Mary later on in the next few verses to burst out in song after she has visited her relative Elizabeth. And she speaks to that redemption that God has brought to her people. The Lord has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. So I can only imagine that after the death and resurrection of her son, she wanted to add another stanza to that song to finish, to finish it, that the story of redemption is for all God's people. That her son had come and entered this world to bring the true light that gives light to everyone so that they may become the children of God. Blessings come to redeem us. So fully accepting this blessing of redemption is a bit much at times like God's presence. Wow, that's what I'm talking about. It's a little overwhelming. (laughs) And the mother of God, Mary, she also questions what's going on in the midst of it. 
a little perplexed, confused, feeling a little overwhelmed by the angel's visit, which was very normal. Just think of like uh, Sarai, Haggai, Elizabeth, right? Other women in the biblical history who also received these divine enunciations from angels. They all asked the same question, how can this be? But the angel answers her. What does the angel say? The Holy Spirit will come on you. How can this? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. You see, we learn from this part of Mary's story that it's okay to question these blessings. It's okay to question and test these redemptive moments to confirm, are they from the Lord? So the next time God surprises you and you just feel like, oh, well, God, this word, what is, what, you feel confused, perplexed, pause and ask, Lord, how can this be? In asking that question and giving a moment to test this blessing, you're leaving room now for the Lord to answer you just like the angel answered Mary. And his answer is going to be, if it's from him, an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So let me give you a little secret here on confirming a blessing in your life. The secret is this. There will be evidence of the Holy Spirit upon you. What do you mean by evidence? What does that look like? Well, look at the text. When the angel tells Mary... He tells Mary two things. First, the power of God's spirit will overshadow her. It's going to overcome her. It's going to overshadow. Another way to translate this is that the spirit hovers. The spirit hovers. This is interesting, right? Just like the spirit hovered over the waters of creation, the spirit is hovering over the waters of her womb. Because that's what happens. The Spirit moves. And the Spirit moves over our bodies. The Spirit hovers over. We kind of sometimes say, the Spirit doesn't, no. The Spirit rests on us. And you know this. You can feel it. Sometimes it's manifested in a physical healing. Or maybe an emotional one. But there's this evidence that you experience, like I did at eight years old, of the Spirit just resting on me. Hovering. And you feel it. It's here. The Spirit of God is not disembodied. The Spirit is resting on the body, the body of Christ, us. But here's some other evidence if you're confirming, right? Is this a blessing from God? The second piece of evidence you can look to in this story here is that the angel names Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy as well in his response to Mary. That's right, there's two baby announcements in this story. Because that's how the Spirit just loves to work. By doing the same thing twice. It's extra grace. It's grace upon grace. 
That's evidence of the Spirit at work. Think about this for just one second with me. I think this is such a fascinating question. What does the Holy Spirit do that Jesus doesn't do? Right? Does the Spirit add something new, something that is more than Jesus? No. The Spirit fulfills the same mission of Jesus by doing what Jesus did again and again and again. Right? To know the evidence of the Spirit is to pay attention to God making a way again and again. It's extra. It's grace. It's unnecessary. But that's the point of it. The blessing of God. It's that extra overflow. It's what Jesus has done and the Spirit continues to do for us again and again. That's good news too. So when, the, when God then meets us in these blessings again and again, it's his work of redemption coming to us. So there's really only one response, right? As a follower of Jesus, there's really only one response that Mary has emulated for us. To trust, right? To trust that word that you've confirmed, that you have felt, that you've embodied, you have received. And obey. And say yes. And move forward. So you see, the very first disciple, right? The very first Christian, the very first person to have Christ in her life. How did she respond? She said, here am I. Here am I. The servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Luke wants to make sure we know that Mary is blessed, not because she's the mother of God, but because she believes in the promise of redemption according to God's word. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary trusts the word of the angel and gives her life obediently to this blessing she received, this unexpected blessing from the Holy Spirit. So I'm encouraging us, especially in this season of Advent as we're preparing to celebrate the birth of Christ, that we would do the same. Right in the season of Advent, as we are preparing to celebrate, we do so by believing that God does act to redeem his creation, his people. God does invite us into this story of redemption through the blessings he bestows upon us. And these blessings bring us great joy because they're touching our own stories, our own lives. And they're doing so with what? The presence of the living God. They're redeeming us from our pain and our suffering. And they're helping us wait as we wait for what? The final coming of his kingdom. When we all enter together into the blessed eternal presence of God. And yes, we might have to wait a long time for that blessing of the full redemption that's to come. But we don't wait alone We are in the presence of God every day, again and again. That's his blessing. So as his blessings come to you again and again, I invite you to model now Mary's character, to trust and to obey, that the word you receive will never fail. So may we respond and say together, here am I the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. 
Amen.